0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, Episode 57, Looking at Gotham, Season 2, Episode 6, By Fire.
1: Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Zine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV
0: Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to this episode of Gotham TV Podcast, episode 57, where Gotham is set alight Mm -hmm. uh, by Firefly. Such a huge episode, so much going on um, in this episode 6 of season 2 of Gotham. I am one of your uh, excited hosts, John. I'm your other host, Derek. I'm also pretty excited, too. Fun week this week. This was, had a lot crammed into it, directed by one of our, um, favorite directors from season one TJ Scott mm-hmm. he brings that aesthetic to this episode again and there is an awful lot going on in this episode um, including a fantastic ending with so many possibilities Absolutely. for uh, Gotham in general and for the rest of the season given that it's Rise of the Villains I wonder how many will be poking their head above the ground from Indian Hill mm-hmm. in a zombie-esque fashion and <laughs> um, yeah I really uh, can't wait to see how this division of Wayne Enterprises plays out, to be honest. Um, And certainly um, jam-packed absolutely jam-packed. Your thoughts, Derek? Yeah, yeah, so much going on. And again, some so
1: much sh- shocking stuff happening at the end of this episode that uh, I, w- I was kind of expecting that it was going to end at a certain point, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and then it uh, kept going with a couple of more little uh, little bits added on that were make it more exciting for the rest of the season. So I'm really excited to talk about this one. But before we get into that, uh, a little bit of announcement uh, to begin with. Uh, we're off to a comic convention in the UK uh, coming up in June. Uh, what's the convention, John? The
0: Ultimate by star Fury conventions mm-hmm. um, it's on in blackpool so we will be rocking blackpool um <laughs> for uh a weekend yeah in june that's right june 12th to june 14th yeah absolutely and um, and it's going to be packed with our favorite gotham uh actors and villains mm-hmm. uh from from this season we have the penguin
1: yeah Robin lord taylor we also have Butch Gilzine, the gentleman who provides us with our intro every week. Drew Powell is going to be at Blackpool, so hopefully we'll get to meet him face to face. Maybe we can buy him that Guinness that we uh, promised. That's right, that's right. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll be allowed close enough to give him a Guinness. Uh, and finally, we also have The Wonderful, and this episode was hugely heavy with her. I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Cameron Bikendova, who plays Selena Kyle on Gotham, will also be appearing at the convention. So yeah, that's going to be really good fun. That's the first time we'll be meeting uh,
0: Cameron Bikendova. Absolutely. Um, so it'll be really good fun there's also um if anyone listens to our defenders tv podcast and um, there will also be Hayley Atwell who's been announced there from Agent Carter mm-hmm. there's also Brett Dalton from uh, Agent's of Shield yeah. so there will also be uh, Marvel um tv shows present at Blackpool and it'll be interesting to see how they take up uh, Blackpool, uh, a beach resort on the Irish Sea in Lancashire, <laughs> where I'm from. That's right. Not Blackpool, but from Lancashire, mm. and so it'll be interesting. Um, a freezing cold beach resort in, even in June. Exactly. <laughs> I believe it is like marmite. You either love it
1: or you hate it. Yeah, it'll be my first time. I'm really looking forward to to seeing it, and uh, good surroundings, I think, for uh, for the Gotham villains. To be honest, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get tickets for the ultimate event in Blackpool in June, you can get them from StarFury.co. UK. Uh, it's just the regular tickets and the child tickets available left now. I think the um, regular tickets are ninety five pounds uh, for the three day weekend, which is a pretty good price to get to meet absolutely all those wonderful stars of Gotham. And hopefully, you might even bump into two guys who do a podcast in Ireland. Uh, we will be there for the full weekend, and hopefully, you'll catch us by our by our Gotham TV podcast T shirts. Uh, but we will be hopefully there, and hopefully, get to meet you. Um, yeah, pop on, get those get those tickets, and hopefully, we'll catch you. And let us know if you're going to be there as well. Just email us at feedback at Gotham TV. Podcast, or come and join our Facebook group as usual. Um, you can go find us on Facebook. We have a group and a page. Just search for Gotham TV Podcast, uh, where we cover the show, obviously at the UK pace. No spoilers in there for the uh, American broadcast.
0: Absolutely, and remember to you can subscribe and listen to us at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash itunes or any other good podcast catcher just search gotham tv podcast and we shall pop up and you can subscribe or listen to us there and speaking of which we just want to um, give a shout out to uh, claire payne who left us a a twitter message to say uh, i've just listened to the latest episode excellent refreshing refreshing I didn't listen from the beginning when Gotham started so thank you so much for that Claire and I think that is the power of leaving a review on one of these podcast uh, uh, sites whether it's Android or iTunes more reviews allow greater exposure to other audience members who mm-hmm. maybe haven't spotted us yet so please share the message of Gotham TV podcast keep on listening keep on subscribing and keep on reviewing Absolutely. it all helps to for other people to learn about us and to listen on in yeah. so thank you so much claire for for those nice words that's really appreciated
1: yeah it's always great to have new listeners joining us and uh, we're doing everything we can to uh, provide a good and enjoyable podcast for you about Gotham just to kind of get you over that hump in between the week uh, of those seven horrible days where we don't have Gotham
0: on air and if you're one of those new listeners who has come to us from this second season of Gotham airing on channel five remember we go through our five top points we might pick out a uh dark knight we might pick out a batman 66 or we might pick out a tim burton batman during this episode but we come with our five points good bad or indifferent and mm-hmm. um, on each episode of gotham and i think with that i think we can move on to our discussion of gotham Episode six by fire.
1: Yes, certainly. This episode was uh, was full of fire. Really well directed, actually, by T.J. Scott, as you mentioned, John. And this episode was written by Rebecca Perry Cutter, who's the executive story editor on the show. Uh, we spoke to the Gothamatics about her um, when they were on on board Candace from the Gotham- Gothamatics who got to visit the set uh, was speaking to Rebecca Perry Cutter. I believe this was one of the episodes that she saw getting made. Um, and it's effectively, what Rebecca's job on the show is to make sure that everything matches up with previous episodes and matches up with what's going to happen in the future of the show. But this episode by fire was written by her, so uh, the really good guiding hand on the show uh, guiding the episode. So, John, do you want to tell us what Rebecca gave us in this episode?
0: Sure. The GCPD hunt down the fire book after the death of one of their officers. But as Jim tracks the murderer down, a familiar face shows up, Selina Kyle, who knows the traumatised Bridget Pike, a.k.a. Firefly. Meanwhile, Butch is exposed by the Galavans to still be working for Cobblepot, and they use this to their advantage, as Penguin believes he is rallying his troops for a seemingly apparent rescue of his mother Gertrude. However, as Jim corners the Firefly Killer with the rest of Alpha Squad from the GCPD, things become increasingly complicated as he fails to keep a promise he gave to Selena, and he also learns of Penguin's involvement in the arson attacks on Wayne Enterprises. More intrigue takes place as two separate dinners across Gotham. A seemingly family affair at one sends Bruce Wayne further into the tangled web of the gallivans, whilst the other, a traumatic episode between lovers, will reverberate across Gotham for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Just as a new dark secret is revealed underneath this dark city
1: (laughs) absolutely my gosh so much going on in this episode so so much really really good Uh, as john mentioned we do talk about these episodes with our five point structure so so five points that we've each taken some crossover uh some can be good some can be bad um john what do you want to give us for your first point
0: well, we're close to Valentine's Day here. <laughs> uh, that um, sad or happy or tragic day has just passed for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we have Valentine's Day in a in a Gotham nutshell here. I think we have coffee, dinner, bedtime and murder. <laughs> um, and Gosh. we have the dinner at Ed Nigma's apartment between him and Christine Kringle. It starts off with a lovely heart shape in the froth of her cappuccino. It ends up with the most personal of killings, mm. the strangulation of Christine Kringle at the doorway. She's trying to escape from Ed's apartment after he's revealed to her that he killed Tom Dougherty mm-hmm. uh, to protect her. It all seemingly was going so well. Yeah and um, Christine Kringle beds him essentially. Yeah. He's, he's, he finally gets something.: Yeah, he is on Cloud 9 and then we really hear his screams go throughout gotham as he's lying uh, with christine kringle on the floor as she's dead uh, in his arms i i love that as he's saying he killed tom to protect her and that he's loved us uh, since the first time he met her you kind of see the 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 life leave christine kringle's eyes mm-hmm. as he's strangling her uh, and he's he's muffling her mouth as well Um i just thought that was really dramatic and really poignant for the character of enigma really uh well played uh well acted between um, these two actors um, really really good and i mean yes we've seen that the riddler has been born but i think this is maybe where he really comes out of um the shadows comes out of the box like it may even be, dare I say, that Christine Kringle kept um, the balance between Ed Nigma and the Riddler, and maybe this now has been completely blown apart by uh, the death of her. Yeah. So absolutely. it'll be interesting to see also what the Riddler thinks of what Ed Nigma has just done, or was it the Riddler that strangled her? Which one of um, the. Enigmas uh, was responsible for this strangulation. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Chelsea Spack, I have to say, was fantastic in the
1: scene, really, really enjoyed her uh, her character all the way through the series, actually, yeah, since we first saw her last season. Uh, we kind of knew these two were going to hook up. They seemed to be really lovey-dovey in the last episode, and this episode, you know, to, to kind of go to that level of violence that quickly between the two of them. Um, there's a couple of lines from, uh, from Christine where she essentially uh, says to him, let go of me, you freak. And that's effectively the twist for Ed. Um, he yeah. suddenly turns on her and says, don't you call me that. And then he's trying to make her shut up and make her stop talking to him. But it does feel like it's Ed Nygma. It doesn't feel like it's evil Ed to, to give him the, the name that, uh, that Corey Michael Smith has given him. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's evil Ed that kills her. It seems like it is our Ed Nigma that we've seen the polite, innocent, quiet guy, um, that actually has taken the step and killed her
0: himself. And the thing is as well, um, you know, in the interview we had with Corey Michael Smith at New York Comic Con mm. back in October of last year, um, you know how he was saying, "Well, sometimes you need that other side of you to get the girl." You know, it, it's taken him long enough, and and Evil Ed has managed to 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 get the girl, Christine Kringle, for Ed Enigma. And here now we see just the the the, the tragedy of this this dual personality yeah. that on the one hand it's got the girl and basically on the other hand it's the same thing that's taken her away from him now for forever. Mm-hmm. Really tragic. I mean, I did just love the whole through line of this story in this episode. You know, it started off so well with the heart-shaped um cappuccino froth. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, cute. Uh, you know, gets us a dinner with the with the little riddle of, you know, what's three-legged cow, um, lean beef, you know, or dinner at mine, you know, charming his way, looking absolutely top-notch for, you know, getting the girl, really cementing now this this loving relationship, um, and maybe it didn't finish like a valentine should do. Absolutely. um, Except in the horror movies, of course, which... Gotham is part horror Um, so this was really really cool um, through ARC for this episode and I think it's really nice that it ties in with uh, Valentine's Day over here as well yeah yeah so it's such
1: a pity for Christine Kringle as well but she did kind of call it on herself in a way she does ask that she wants someone with a much darker edge I think she got a much darker edge than she was hoping for though Um, she's kind of gone out with a cop that beats her and now now a guy that killed her that's a a pretty awful way to go if you're uh, living in gotham and a single lady i wouldn't go on any dating websites in gotham
0: how is ed going to get rid of the body is he going to do the same thing that he did with tom keep a memento um and then gradually get rid of him through the coroner's office in the gcpd probably um or is he going to maybe preserve her in formaldehyde because she is his first love yeah yeah absolutely Oh, House really? of Wax style kind oh, of gosh. thing. Oh, no, that would be really,
1: really horrible to watch. But uh, but really looking forward to seeing what happens after this. This is the second body you'll have to dispose of. So, uh, yeah, really, uh, really interesting twists and turns for Absolutely. the character. Absolutely. Yeah, what's your first point? That was also my first point. I'll jump on to another point instead. Um, it's has got to be Butch, doesn't it? Uh, this is a big episode for Butch uh, Gilzean. He gets the opening scene with the Galavans where he goes to them and tells them of his experience with the Penguin, uh, where he's lost his mind. What I do love about this scene is, effectively, he's been set up by the Penguin to go to Galavan and tell them that uh, Penguin's turned on him and chopped off his arm effectively he's not lying he's he is saying to them this guy chopped off my arm okay i wasn't expecting it i held up my hand to protect myself and he took my arm away you know um but what i love about the scene is once again tabitha the back and forth between him between her and him where she's standing over looking at him going he's pretty cute he's like um he's like a lonely bear (laughs) you know Yeah, yeah i love her little interplay and then says uh, wouldn't it be really fun if we put, put nice uh, implements on his hand there? We can use it to put on some knives. We can use it to put on a really small, um, chainsaw like Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, or we could put a mallet on it. And of course, the one they choose, which is my Batman 66 moment of the week, uh, the one they choose is a tiny mallet, which is absolutely <laughs> useless, useless. Absolutely, <laughs> It's not even a claw like you get with a pirate where he's able to pick things up with it. He just hits stuff with it. Unless he's going
0: to be doing some DIY. <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely useless i like the nod back as well with barbara keen there saying you know he was a nasty man mm-hmm. to me you know he he kept me in prisoner in a room and he kidnapped me I really like that little nod back to season one absolutely and that's the thing we spoke about again with Drupal.
1: um what we spoke about was the fact that butch without Bulch skills we wouldn't have barbara the way she is he's the one that pushed her over the edge by kidnapping her effectively in her house um And treating her as badly as he did, he's kind of the the instrumental part. And now he's on the other side of the table uh, where he has to go to them and plead for, I suppose, his life almost and say to them, I can work for you. Do you trust me even though I did those bad things to you? Um, Really interesting. Uh, Really, really liked it, though. And there's some interesting other stuff in here. Is his reprogramming broken by tabitha it seems like she was pretty convinced that she was going to be able to break the programming that Victor Zaz did to him um to make him work for penguin it, he's gone back to penguin he's saying that he's uh, that he knows where his mother is but is it broken now are we going to see next week that he is actually working for galvan now of his own free will and he's out of that uh, that control that we've got from Victor eyes i'm really intrigued by that
0: yeah i mean i also like the fact that um you know i kind of right from the outset thought you know Galavan is not buying this, but he accepts him into the fold. And then you get that whole revelation of, you know, which is absolutely right. He was loyal for fish and he was loyal, albeit programmed loyalty, with Penguin. Mm-hmm. And I love how Galavan sort of pulls this out and says, You know, you are loyal to a fault. Unfortunately, you're loyal, still loyal to Penguin. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that then he sees this as an opportunity though to make him loyal to him mm-hmm. uh through maybe the tweaks and the whipping from tabitha um you know yeah. really really good i think as well and um, this this is the first time we hear um tabitha called the tiger lady uh, right, by man. butch as well and well, by anyone yeah. in, in gotham so maybe you know with the whip and, and all this we are seriously beginning to see you know the tigress yeah, come in yeah here.
1: like the, when the character was cast as of the Galavan, we were informed that she was going to be Tigress in the show. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This is the first time that she's called uh, called even something close to that. So Tiger Lady, I guess, is uh, is the version of that. But yeah, really, really exciting and a good a good big episode for Butch. Uh, definitely, I, I, again. I'm excited to see more. I think last week I said you don't chop off somebody's hand and then kill them in the next episode. I must say when the whip was going around the neck of Butch Gilzean in Galavan's uh, apartment uh, and he's being strangled and pushed to the floor, I actually thought that was the end for our fair, dear, true pal. I thought that might be the end of his uh, of his time on Gotham. But uh, but no, he's still there. He's still fighting his corner. So, uh, yeah, excited to see more.
0: and batted by the end, but mm-hmm. the, nonetheless. Absolutely. Uh, John, do you want to give us your next point? I do. Jim and his promises. I love the fact that he was called out by Captain Barnes, even though Captain Barnes doesn't know maybe the extent of of the the promises and more promises that Jim has made over his time at the GCPD. Mm. Um, And obviously we've mentioned this before, that it, it will, you know, come to be um maybe a bit of a burden to bear for for Jim with, with Penguin. But I, I love here that Captain Barnes calls him out on his promises, but this time it's to the promise he's he's made to Selena Kyle. Yeah. And it all links in kind of with the fact that, you know, Jim's had a note put on his file by Captain Barnes, um, because he was, you know, beating up a suspect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a line and we can't cross that even though we're at war. We have to, um, tread carefully along that line. But then he calls Jim out to say that you can't make promises that you can't keep. Yeah. And this is the one that happens to Selena and it has, Huge implications for his relationship with Selena. I mean, we see right at the end, Selena is like, I wish I had never spoken to you about it. Uh, I mean almost I wish I'd never met you kind of um, vibe to to that exchange between Selena and Jim. Absolutely. Um, never trust a cop. Like, yeah, yeah. She feels completely betrayed. She thinks obviously that Bridget's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that'll be one of our other points um moving forward. But like um I loved the ramifications of jim making a promise to someone that he can't keep given that he has ultimately kept his promises so far with penguin yeah and um, and i i think this is a nice call out from captain Barnes uh, in this episode i really liked it i thought it was pretty neat
1: yeah yeah definitely a little, some little notes that i took about it as well um where essentially Barnes is like Jim was when he arrived in Gotham last season he's a former military man he does have that uh, uphold the law but don't cross this line kind of attitude and now Jim is kind of almost in Harvey's position where he said I I came to this city like that but Gotham's a city of grey areas uh, and I I have to cross some grey lines and some some blurry lines to uh, to get the job done now in this city because I can't just go out and show my badge and get the information I want. That's not how Gotham works. Um, but really interesting to see that the strike force, although they do report to Jim, are allowed to uh, inform on their superior officers uh, because of how corrupt the gotham city police department is um i think that's quite interesting i wonder how that will play out throughout the rest of the season with gordon
0: yeah but it's also it's interesting that it's kind of it's the reverse of jim here in the sense that captain barnes calls out jim for stepping over the line that ultimately is threatening or coercing uh, a suspect mm-hmm. like he did in the alleyway and where he gets the note on the file. And uh, as you say, you have that great exchange between, you know, there's a line from Captain Barnes, but then Jim counters that with, respectfully, sir, this is Gotham. But Captain Barnes still doesn't want anything uh, of it. But then... Captain Bonds is still on that line. Yeah. When Jim crosses it the other way, where he's trying to protect someone, he's trying to say that, yes, Bridget's killed these people, but there's a reason for it, and that's because she was bullied, she was prisoner by the Pike brothers, by her stepbrothers. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care about the hows, the whys, and the boo-hoos. Like, he's like... It's the line for, for Captain Barnes, and, and Jim is going from either side. I mean, this is Humpty Dumpty falling on both sides of, of the, the, the wall yeah. that these sat on. I have um, to say, I'm
1: kind of with Barnes on this. She's killed three
0: people here. You know,
1: although uh, her brothers were treating her badly, she probably could have escaped from them again. She didn't have to set them both on fire uh, and... Killed a police officer when she could have run away last time as well. But yes, there are really bad circumstances here, and I understand she's been badly treated, and that's Jim's point. But you murder three times, and that's probably a lot. That probably does turn you into a villain, regardless of where you came from.
0: Right? I was going to say three strikes and you're out, three, but I mean, quite frankly, something. one strike and you're out when it comes to to murders, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. In the scheme of things. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, yeah, what's your uh, next point? Uh,
1: my next point is a, a big episode here for our Selena Kyle. Um, yeah, lots going on for Selena in this episode. And I have to say Cameron B. Kendova is is doing such a great job as this character of Selena Kyle. Um, some brilliant moments in here. Uh, I love the fact that it's Selina that comes up with the plan of how to get Bridget out of the city, that they're going to go and rob the money from, um, from the uh, slave traders, I guess, or um, what you call it, human traffickers. Um, she goes and comes up with that whole plan and effectively tells Bridget that, no, you don't release the girls. You don't save anybody. You just go there and get the money because that's what we're looking out for is us. Um, some interesting ideas from the character of Selena, You know, you're looking out for number one, take money from the bad guys so she's not stealing from just rich people here she's stealing from the bad guys but she's still not going to release the girls um i love again the idea that she's dealing with another person that wants to become a vigilante uh so despite all the murders that bridget has done during this episode she wants to go and save people so she goes back to save those girls that were captured by the human traffickers Uh, and effectively the advice that selena gives her is don't be crazy or you'll get yourself killed um, similar advice that she gave to Bruce when he mentioned that he wanted to become a vigilante in the city. Um The last time they had their their big discussion, so really, really interesting. Um, but also, they have a great Catwoman moment in this episode. I love big time, yeah, yeah. Where where she takes the gun off uh, Kale Pike and uh, he's pointing a shotgun at her. He grab she grabs it by the barrel and then does a flip over his head that only a professional dancer could do. Uh, absolutely fantastic and really good Catwoman moment.
0: Yeah, great moves by Selena. The and I love the fact that it was done kind of in silhouette un- underneath uh, the bridge I, like again so. really well shot The um, just that whole silhouette uh, the, the darkness and the dancing of the the, the, the outlines of these characters mm. in silhouette and I, I think that couples nicely with the idea of the fire being used here like a real motif I think from the director and from the, the script writers I, that's how I took it anyway That this light and darkness it was really really good yeah um, and I, yeah i agree i i think this was a to me this is the best selena kyle episode so far i, I so. actually really like the relationship that she had with bridget pike i love the fact that again it's that don't get too close to me but she cares for her it's like there's the advice there but then there's the standoffish umness that comes from selena kyle mm. um i really you know she's trying to sort of just coach um bridget through being this street urchin. you know rule number one is look after number one and it's get this money get out of town people are looking after you You know don't do this you don't need to do this just get out of town yeah and like i love that and then like she does care more than she lets on and then you see that affecting her relationship now with jim which up till this point you know she's been fine with him to an extent it's Mm. kind of been like you know she will deal with him but i think we've moved into a point now where yeah she will no longer trust him there's a little thing i noticed right at the end uh before we see um the underground facility Mm -hmm. but that ending has two elements to it. And the first one, just before the Indian Hill aspect is, um, you see Penguin rallying his troops ready to, to go and rescue his, his mom. You see Nigma on the floor, um, cradling Christine Kringle. And then you see Selina on the roof, um, sort of contemplating everything that's gone on, the death of Bridget, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, um, sort of, Seemingly betrayal of, of Jim Gordon uh, and his promise that he had made to her. Uh, and this, to me, these are the three original villains um of the piece, all maybe just moving down further into even more villainy. I think yeah. we'll see more Riddler-esque um, shenanigans from Enigma. Maybe for Selina Kyle, this is her breaking point with... A fine line, and she really does commit herself to being a cat burglar and and a thief without respect for the law. Yeah. And, and and with Penguin, it's again, it it's him notching up this taking back Gotham, and um, and and moving from being the one who is. Um, being bribed by Galifant. Mm. So I, I really like that ending. I think it neatly encapsulated the three sort of central villains um, here really
1: well. Absolutely. I have to say that scene uh, with Selena crying out on the rooftop, I think it's a beautifully shot scene. And again... I mentioned the acting of Cameron Beckendorf. This is probably my her finest hour for me. I think she's really acted so well in this episode. And with so much to do, she's dealing with almost every character in the episode as she moves around as Selena Kyle the character does. She generally will move around Gotham quite a lot. Um but yeah, I wonder what the impact of this is going to be. She's already distanced herself from uh, from Bruce before. She's distanced herself from all the other characters. And now she's the only person that she's really had a connection with yeah. is Bridget. And now she's lost her. So is this, as you say, she, is she now resolving to keeping separate and keeping on her own? And once again, looking out from number one again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really interesting
1: though. That was my point on Selena. John, do you have another point for us?
0: Yeah. I mean, I one of my points was Selena and Bridget. So I think I've covered it there. But mm-hmm. uh, my other one, big one, Indian Hill. The yes, division absolutely. of Wayne Enterprises. And actually we see that Bridget, um, is not as crispy toast as we thought she might have been. <laughs> um, so, which I'm kind of glad of actually, I'm glad that Bridget and Firefly are not dead. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that she's going to be experimented on, maybe even more so down in, um, this facility underneath Indian Hill, mm-hmm. that she's going to become a Firefly that were, I don't know. She's more integrated into, I don't know, uh, shooting fire out, or that she's protected against fire. I mean, I think you made an interesting point after we watched it about, you know, that her suit is fused with her, with her own body, yeah, uh, melted to it, and so therefore now she's kind of fireproof, exactly. Um, That would be a really cool thing to happen, that they begin testing on uh, that aspect. Absolutely. So
1: essentially the doctors who are standing over her explain that that's the reason she's been brought to Indian Hill, which gives some explanation behind what Indian Hill could possibly be, a a research facility or a testing facility for Wayne Enterprises. Really interesting concept.
0: This links back to um, the dark elements of Wayne Enterprises as well. It's a division of Wayne Enterprises. Mm -hmm. It links back to... um, Falcone asking for um, Indian Hill toxic waste dump from Moroni right. in one of the big deals. You know, what's so uh, important that's uh, Indian Hill? This idea that you have this facility um, experimenting, testing um, for new weapons, mm-hmm. uh, new materials, um, on human beings and I mean you know as Bridget is wheeled down the corridor of block 3 at Indian Hill facility Mm -hmm. um, where I think she'll spend um, some more time um, of Down there, you know, we see her looking one side. I think we glimpse a fetus. I think we see a hand or or two hands coming from a tank. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have no idea what's in there. Um have an idea. We have a woman in PVC looking very Catwoman-like, but obviously we know that she isn't. Um, And then finally, a large man in underwear, in a nice pair of uh, trendy uh, (laughs) Y-fronts, chained up. I wonder whether that's Viper-esque, and uh, whether that's a Bane-esque in, in some way. Maybe. Because he's quite heavy-set, and um, his face is, isn't covered, but he, he's strung up, and um, so. Some really interesting um, nods along the corridor, but we don't see Jerome, for example. Yes, and um, we don't see the electrocutioner. Say, for uh, as another example. So it'll be interesting whether any of those uh, villains from season one have made it down uh, to uh, the facility at Indian Hill. But it's really good to start to see this dark side of Wayne Enterprises, and uh, what was the laboratory on, on the dock? front that uh i think it was in the viper episode at the end of that were um you know this sort of weapons uh experimentation and testing has been exposed that's um, right the one that molly yeah.
1: mathis from uh, from uh Wayne enterprises was
0: pointing at yeah exactly yeah. so this is really nice again another nod back to uh, season one um and it's getting dark and dark mm-hmm. it means juicy it means like really beginning to get sort of interesting uh, interesting yeah. um and blurred and ambiguous yeah. for for Bruce. I love the fact as well that you know we have the little chat between Bruce and gallivan talking about Bundeslaw and, and Galavan's knowledge that there were bad things or corrupt things uh, or, or things that really um, Wayne Enterprises shouldn't be doing. How much does Gallivan know of Indian Hill? Mm. Um, is he seeking to release these terrors from underneath the ground. Yeah. yeah. Very
1: interesting. Yeah. I was wondering if those two arms that were coming out of that box were, uh, were, were possibly Fish Mooney potentially. They look like female arms to me. Um, we know that Fish Mooney is returning. So I wonder if she was captured and put into Indian Hill. But the one thing that does make me question that is, well, what was her superpower that would be under research at the facility? Um, she didn't seem to have any particular powers in season one. So I'm wondering if there's anything that, uh, any reason why she would have been captured and put in into Indian Hill. Uh, the one other character that I think it's possible to have been put in here is potentially the young Scarecrow from season yeah, one. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, like he was affected by his father's uh, serum, um, which turned, which made him crazy. And he could see the Scarecrows coming towards him in, in episode 15 of season one, wasn't it? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if potentially that's where he's been transferred to. That'd be quite a nice little touch and tie back to, to season one of uh of Gotham wouldn't it
0: definitely Um, I'd love to see um, Jonathan Crane come back I love those two episodes where Charlie DeHaan um, was playing Jonathan Crane, mm. really good. Um, it would be great to see him back. You know, a worthy villain, worthy of rising in season two, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and probably yeah. the rising maybe links to this underground facility, the the zombiness of it all. I am kind of <laughs> loving as well. Absolutely, no, really intriguing, really intriguing close out to
1: this episode. And I thought, as I mentioned earlier on, I thought the strangulation of Christine Kringle would be the end of the episode. I thought that's oh, where me the credits uh with ed holding her in his arms and screaming uh out to the out to the night but nope we get a, a really intriguing and it's what episode six of season two now we're not even you know halfway through the season and we've got this big reveal of uh the wayne Industries research facility under the ground of indian hill really exciting and really interesting to point really yeah cool very cool Derek, what's your final point? I think we have to talk about Bridget, really, don't we? This is uh, quite a significant uh, character in, in these two episodes. I love that we got two complete episodes with this character. I love that we saw the turn uh, for her. Uh, in the last episode I mentioned, I kind of called her a Disney princess almost, where she's sweeping the floor of her uh, ugly stepbrother's house kind of thing, you know. Um, in this episode, we see the complete turn for the character. She says that she's taken on board Selena's uh, advice to her, that she's now free by killing her two brothers and burning the two of them to death. And it's a really good, a really good character turn. I like the fact that she wants to be a vigilante, um, that she feels like she's going to be able to save people with the powers that she's gotten for herself. Uh, Really well played part. And again, as you say, uh, I like the fact that we're going to see her hopefully again in future. We'll, we'll see Bridget Pike come back. Uh, A really good, well thought out character and a really good arc. For this villain and this creation of a new version of the villain, actually from the comic books, I thought that was really good, and I loved seeing this character throughout these two episodes.
0: Yeah, I liked her. I liked her arc actually, um, of of being this sort of timid um, teenager, young lady, um, you know, essentially being bullied and and taking it upon herself to do things that she feels right. Again, it's slightly um, going down a vigilante uh, route. You know, she's she's going to get. Uh, revenge on uh, the people that have bullied her in, in Joe and Kale Pike, and you know Joe is an evil, manipulative bully yeah, that yeah. she extracts revenge on. Um, you know he he kind of turns the fact that him and his brother zoomed off on her at the in the last episode to say that she she left them and that she's turned her back on them mm-hmm. by by going and getting the money, and you just kind of like you know of the two of them i think it was good that he was still alive and that uh, bullock managed to get off uh, a couple of kicks into the side that finally finished him off um, maybe oh officially gosh. not killed by um, by bridget um that was you know i think i suppose sweet justice for bridget to to do that and then to get the traffickers and and then really you know that wider vendetta and vengeance that she has to go after all the bullies uh, that she sees yeah. uh, as Firefly. Um, I, th- I thought that was really good development. I, I liked it. And I, as I said before, I, I liked her relationship with um, Selena. I, yeah. I thought it was quite touching in places. You know, Selena saying a girl in the neighborhood that needs help. Um, th- this real sort of, um, camaraderie and friendship and companionship between yeah. the two which i think really lent to Selena's story and lent to Bridget's story to make them really sort of stand out it was really good
1: yeah yeah and i do like Selena's reaction to Bridget when she says i'm going to go out and take out the bullies and the people that hurt me and she goes who's left you've killed your brothers they were the people that hurt you they were the people that bullied you who else is left to take on If you do something stupid, you will get yourself killed. Um, I really like that from Selena, And, yeah, the relationship between the two of them was really, really good. John, do you
0: have a final point for us? I do. Um, It's Bruce and Alfred. And Alfred, uh, again, hitting another minor uh, in the course of his duties. Uh, This time, though, um, with boxing gloves on as he's training uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, As always, um, I love it when bruce and alfred are on the screen together Absolutely. i think david Mazouz and sean Pertwee work so so well together and i love the boxing scene down in thomas wayne's back cave or, or whatever we can call it now mm-hmm. i love that you know keeping him on his toes don't get distracted you know you're gonna have to fight dirty and, and bruce sinks his teeth into alfred's arm and then Alfred talks about uh, Silver Saint Cloud and then hits him again uh, and, and knocks him to the ground and, and you you just see the the knowing smiles and the nods between uh Bruce and Alfred and I just really sort of thought that was um really nice so again linking back to um training up Bruce to be the person that we know he's going to be. Yeah. Um, it, it it was really really good. I must say I enjoyed it, and of course it links then to that sort of dinner with the Galavans, and um, with Tabitha, Theo, and Silver Saint Cloud, where you really see the manipulation of of, of Theo gallivan trying to you know hark back to family meals, and um, you know Bruce kind of recognizing that he's he's not had that for a while. Yeah, um, like it was really. It was creepy of Theo to do that, but I can see it's it's that psychological slant to his plans, which I I always find fascinating. I'm loving that side of Theo Gallivan, that he is so manipulative. Absolutely, I thought yeah. it was a bit
1: harsh when he raised a glass to family in front of Bruce. <laughs> I thought it was a bit. It harsh. was
0: a bit like, to family,
1: which you don't have, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, would you like us to be your family? Yeah, I thought that was a bit a bit harsh. But again.
0: Of bringing him to the bosom of mm-hmm. the Gallivans. Um, But little does he know that it will end potentially with a big whopping knife in the back.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it does look like uh, Gallivan is getting himself set up for his place on the board of Wayne Enterprises, or at least controlling the board of Wayne Enterprises, as he seems to control quite a lot in the city uh, already. You know, I'm, I'm presuming he's pretty much dead set for mayor after... Uh, that opening scene where he has the senator hanging himself on, uh, on a stack of books just to get him to back Galavant's play for mayor. Uh, I thought that was a really, uh, really cruel scene, but yeah, throughout, uh, throughout this, he does seem to be, um, really manipulating the city. of have got them quite. Yeah. Well. Big time. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Really good scene as well with uh, David Mazus and, uh, and Sean Pert. We really enjoyed it. I loved the, as you say, the, the look on David Mazus's face when he gets that punch in the face from, from Alfred. Uh, there's no, no, uh, anger in him that he's just been taken for a fool by being told that, Oh, you're going on a date with, uh, with silver St. Cloud and then getting punched. It's that look of, Oh, you got me again. He always gets me. But I'll get him one day.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, really uh, good.
1: Yeah, yeah, enjoyable. Um, I think that's it for our top five points for this episode. I just have one quick note, which was my Bullockism of the week. Yeah. Uh, this was, uh, the wonderful Harvey Bullock and a return from Ivy Pepper, Claire Foley, uh, who played Ivy Pepper in season one returns and has a wonderful little interrogation with Harvey Bullock where he says to her, uh, ginger to ginger, I know, I know. You know where Selena Kyle is. Love that little uh, little moment from. Um, he also has that great uh, little line later on uh, when he sees the pike uh, on fire and says, "I hate how it smells so good. Or It smells <laughs> like barbecue. Yeah, like here.
0: good barbecue. Um, you know."
1: Yeah, but one little moment, one little touch or note from that, uh, he effectively releases Ivy Pepper back into the city. So Harvey Bullock has now released the young Ivy Pepper back into the city of Gotham. She was in care uh, in a care home, and now he's released her back into the city. So I wonder
0: if that's going to play out in a future episode. Yeah, again, over food, he goes off to get his chocolate bar, <laughs> yeah. um, and then yeah, the the barbecue um, line is. Priceless, like, really good. And then him kicking uh, Joe Pike whilst he's down Mm -hmm. and toasted again. It's classic uh, Bullock uh, from Gotham, like, really good. And the Uh, the
1: sigh and reaction from Jim of, yeah... You know, we could probably have interrogated him but now he's dead, Harvey. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's oh god, why is my partner so bad at
0: this? <laughs> really good, really good moment. Uh John, do you have any notes about this episode? Um only just I loved it when Bridget burnt her two brothers. I loved the the reflection in the kind of insect bug eyes um of of her suit yeah. um as they're both burning and I love it later on that she kind of makes the nod that, you know, joe burned the brightest um you know a really good little moment i think and a great image to take away from this episode of the firefly absolutely I have to say the fire in this episode
1: was fantastically done Um i know bridget is alive at the end of the episode but the scene when she's standing in front of all the cops and sets fire to the police car and then the fire shoots back onto her uh, as she Goes up in flames. Effectively, uh, I thought that was really, really well shot and looked really dangerous. It looked completely realistic. That looked like fire on the set. Yeah, it? It definitely. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't certainly wasn't CGI by by the looks of it. Anyway,
0: may have had uh, some, but it, it was a definite sort of. It looked like a physical effect.
1: Yeah, yeah. So really yeah. good and really dangerous stunt work. I think uh, for that, it uh, looked fantastic. I have to say so. All props to TJ Scott for that one. That was a really well put together scene. I'm sure all the stunt men had a uh, had a long day working on that, making it look good. So, John, overall, I think that's the end of our notes and points on the episode. Overall, what's your feeling on the episode itself?
0: I think it was a really good episode. Um, you know, I'd definitely give it four Batarangs out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, it just had an awful lot going into it, but it all meshed in really nicely. Yeah. All the key characters. And for me, without a shadow of a doubt, it was the Selena Kyle storyline. I think this is her now. Breaking from trusting the law and maybe really coming into her own as a cat burglar. Um, I, that I really liked. I think there's some really good, uh, like, through stories, as, as I said, with, with Ed Nigma, but also with Selena, as I've said, and also Bridget and leading to then, uh, Indian Hill. Really good reveal at the end. Yeah. Really plays back to, you know, the Viper episode, uh, really links into the dark forces at work in Wayne Enterprises and all linked up nicely with the ongoing Theo Galavan plot. Um, and, and now with, with Butch and, and Penguin being embroiled in it as well. And I thought it was a nice little touch with Captain Barnes and his promises. To me, that was like all of the episodes mm-hmm. really done really well so this was a great episode
1: absolutely absolutely it's always delighted when we get one of these episodes where it's a two-part story and you get to experience the character a bit more than you than you used to in those uh, one and done episodes we had in season one so i think season two is really doing this right uh, really getting to explore the characters and have things they're carrying for every character from episode to episode i think that works really well and really excited to see more of the show so with that i think it's time for some feedback john yeah. So if you want to send us your feedback on the episodes of Gotham as they go on, all you need to do is just pop us an email to feedback at... Gotham TV Podcast or you can come and join our new Facebook group we've just set it up last week uh, so that we can talk about episodes of Gotham in the UK pace, I suppose because there's a lot of places that are spoiling the US episodes Uh, so want to make sure that uh, we're able to discuss the episodes without getting spoiled for future stuff so just come find us on Facebook at Gotham TV Podcast Um, we have the group and the page on there so just come find us uh, there and we'll accept you to the group
0: and of course on Twitter we are at Gotham TV Podcast so you can always uh, leave a tweet with us on our Twitter handle as well absolutely uh, and speaking of twitter our first piece of feedback comes from
1: paul edwards uh, who sent us a direct message on twitter he says question for the podcast do you think theo is a crucial character for the development of penguins nature in the batman era the tactics he, tactics he uses against others etc and do you think the new gcpd task force will be corrupted so two questions there from paul john what do you think do you think uh, it's Theo Galavan, who's going to help develop Penguin's nature in the comic books.
0: I think so. I, I think Theo develops Penguin further. Mm. I think Penguin was always a good manipulator, but he has been out here by Theo. E- even if Penguin gets um, gets his revenge on him, which I, I feel is probably highly likely. Mm. Um, he did take his mother, after all. He, yeah, absolutely. But... Penguin is now has gone from being king of Gotham to working for someone else and taking all the heat for it as yeah. well. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, so I think Penguin will be affected by this kind of setback as he would see it. Mm. Um, but he will learn from it because he's clever. I mean, you, you saw him still trying to find that one weakness from last, um, the last episode, where we got a sort of a, the story behind the Galifans. And, and we'll see how uh, Penguin puts that to you. So I, I think they're both um, serious manipulators, and I think they will sort of learn from one another. But in particular, the fact that Penguin has been um, topped here in, in this sense, he will probably take that and, and learn from it, because that that's what he does, definitely. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I think Penguin has been more of the kind of, passive
1: uh, almost uh, manipulator where he says a casual word and some in the right person's ear and it gets passed around and uh, it all gets hidden behind uh, kind of these chinese whispers of where this this manipulation came from that's kind of the way he went through working with the mafia in uh, in season 1 of Gotham this time you've got someone like galavan who effectively yeah puts somebody up in a noose uh hanging and says, are you going to get my support or are you going to die? Basically, that's his kind of version of a character. I think Penguin's going to start using some of those tactics and techniques uh, as he goes back into control Gotham.
0: Yeah, and then I think in relation to the new GCPD task force, will it be mm. corrupted? I definitely, I think we talked about this uh last week, definitely it would be absolutely great to see that and mm. um, and in particular i just thought captain barnes played it so down the line in his response to the behavior of jim that it would be great to see that corruption eke into the alpha squad yeah it's interesting interesting i'm not saying that there
1: will be that there will be corrupt yet but so it'll be a bit of a, a rug pull for me if they are especially given that these guys are all chosen from um from the academy by jim and barnes you know so it's going to be quite interesting if barnes is is playing the long game and is is in the pocket of galavan that that'll be quite interesting my feeling is that jim's actually becoming more in the pocket of galavan um because he's already doing things outside of the law and he's now given uh, galavan his his support uh, in the in the election to mayor um so i think without knowing it uh, Jim is probably the more likely one to be corrupt. He doesn't know he's corrupt, but he's doing things on behalf of Galavan. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's unknowing. But I wonder if, you know, the the Alpha Squad and, and Captain Barnes will go from being straight down the line to taking Jim's advice of you have to work in the grey areas in Gotham. Like he says in this episode, respectfully, sir, this is Gotham. And maybe they will start to move into those grey areas in order to get... Um, Results in, in the GCPD and maybe that then will develop to where they step beyond it, which I think, um, Jim hasn't, well, has done once, but I wonder if they will go then further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, will it all become too much? Will they lose too many of their fellow officers? And suddenly you go, is this worth it? Yeah. It, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um I think that would be a, a, a really, um, telling, uh, indictment of Gotham that no matter what the good intentions is that it brings you down to this base level where you have to uh, operate like the criminals in order to capture them. Yeah. it'd be really interesting to see that. Definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think they're definitely going to be a good a good foil for Jim as he tries to get what he believes is his job done by crossing those lines back and forth. I think they're definitely going to be a good uh, a good group against him, whether corrupt or not. I don't know, but uh, I'm really intrigued by their by how they're going. So thanks for that bit of feedback, Paul. Yeah, thanks so much, Paul. Our second piece of feedback comes from Daniel Butcher from the Welcome to Level 7 podcast. As we mentioned last week, Daniel sent us feedback on every episode pretty much uh, up to episode 11. And we weren't allowed to open it until, uh, until this year when we started to watch episodes. So Daniel starts out with Happy 2016.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Happy 2016. (laughs) Happy New Year to everyone. (laughs) Gosh, it's February. A little belated. (laughs) Can't do
1: that. Uh, He he starts out with, Oh man, I really do love how they MCU'd or Gotham'd Firefly. I really feel for her and I really forgive her as a murdering murderer who murders. Uh, And I'm so thrilled we will get to see her again. Though I did originally think it might be someone else on that gurney. And I'm a hot mess and tense as I consider what Wayne Enterprises and who is there with her uh I'm just saying that guy looked pretty cold. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that was Mr. Freeze was that our first introduction to to Mr. Freeze in uh, in Indian Hill.
0: Maybe, but he looked too built. He did, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Or or maybe Victor Freeze is working in Indian Hill and so he's experimenting on maybe it's that mm-hmm. side of it. Um yeah, that'll be interesting now. Is it Mr. Freeze or is it Mr. Free is working in Indian Hill, testing his freezing um, and uh, preservation techniques to preserve his wife yeah. um, at Indian Hill. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, and, and just to your point there, I thought there was somebody else on the gurney. I'm, I'm sure that crossed my mind as well that this could possibly be Jerome that was being brought in uh, on the gurney because I didn't think they were going to cut off Jerome for good. But that's, yeah, that's definitely uh, Bridget Pike being brought in. You can tell by the eye acting that she's doing that it's definitely Bridget. She looks terrified as she's being uh, wheeled in for, for her um, possible experimentation. So... Daniel goes on to say, wow, so wow, if you're on payroll for Gotham, don't buy a new house because you never know when you might go. <laughs> uh, Ed gets everything he wants and then loses it in a very TV choke uh, because seriously he was not putting enough pressure on her to kill her that quickly. Uh, it seems a little off in execution, but wow, that will clearly take him to somewhere even crazier. Absolutely. I think he really might regret double dating with a cop. Someone is going to notice.
0: <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> Definitely. Big time. Yeah.
1: And finally, Daniel says, Butch, Butch is stealing the show for me. I'm pretty sure his conditioning has been broken, though. Uh, couldn't agree more. Our uh, our wonderful intro um, is provided by Drew Powell, who plays Butch. He's one of our favorite characters. We specifically asked him to come on for our 50th episode to do an interview with him because we loved him in season Absolutely. one. Absolutely.
0: And um, we're loving him in
1: season two. So excited about what he's been given in season two. Definitely.
0: And I, I think now that it's been broken um, and we've discussed this previously that Fish is back um, at some point, uh, we did we did mention that as a big piece of news in in previous episode that, you know, hopefully we get the Butch and Fish team up again and his loyalty, as Galavan says it is returned to its rightful place with fish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it'd be really interesting. I'm really excited. Thank you so much, for that, Daniel, as always. Thank you, Daniel.
1: We will have some more feedback from Daniel next week. As I said, if you want to send in your feedback to us, uh, in addition to the feedback that we have, just pop it into feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. And onto our final piece of feedback, which comes from Natalie. Um she sent in quite a lot of feedback. We'll just take out a little element of it, um, a bit about Indian health, because I think it's the big talking point from this episode. Um, says one of the reveals I found most interesting was the Indian Hill Lab first as a division of Wayne Enterprises it becomes something Bruce can fight to have shut down once it is discovered more importantly it becomes a plausible way to open up the more fantastical end of Ro- of the Rogues Gallery and Batman's heroic allies for that matter anyone for plastic man <laughs> <laughs> for example Clayface is rumored to show up in some form season one of Gotham would have had a master of disguise with that nickname Indian Hill could conceivably produce the classic shapeshift shifting villain, and it could also produce a Bane.
0: Uh, yeah, I-, I thought the guy in the Y-fronts was pretty built Um uh, and could, uh, <laughs> and could have been Bane. hmm, possibly. Like, a, or another Viper experiment. So, not necessarily Bane, but again, getting closer to, to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she goes on to say, and although I still say Jerome Velasquez is dead, 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 he could be resurrected in this lab with a somewhat greater, but still very low chance that one of the doctors in the lab tries to recreate that insanity in someone else.
0: Yeah, and she also says the freshly cast Victor Fries, that he could be one of the doctors associated with the lab. Absolutely, that was kind of one of the things um, I was thinking of uh, as well. I think one other point that Natalie mentions is that the Galavan arc seems to be moving quite fast, and she's starting to wonder if it will finish in the first half of season one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting because you're right, and there was, um, you know, he is... Moving this fast, and I think we saw, um, you know, clips for uh, the next episode, which seems to be heavily influenced by the Galavan arc. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, I'm hoping they stay around. I, I want to see these brothers arrive on the shores uh, of Gotham and, and start to extract revenge um, from uh, Family Wayne. Yes, the Order of Saint Dumas. Yes. yes, really interesting. Yeah, we found out this week
1: that we will actually be getting Azrael um, in. The show, uh, the lead showrunner, I think it was John Stevens, mentioned it that uh, that apparently we will be getting Azrael in the show. So I wonder if my theory from the last episode that Galavan is Azrael in some form uh, and will potentially put on a costume and become Azrael. Uh, I wonder if that theory will pay off.
0: Let's hope. Yeah, Natalie also makes the point that, you know, Ed is now becoming a somewhat inadvertent criminal, um, that he's stuck in a hole with his with his dual personalities, but he's not yet gone over the edge. But whether, um, you know, really now we see him falling over the edge now that he has murdered uh, the love of his life, Christine Kringle, um, you know. It could be a, a direct cause, um, or maybe it might not be that instant catalyst. We still need to, to see what happens. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how he covers up the death, she says. And absolutely can't yeah. wait to see that. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I think it's a tipping point for Ed Enigma. It has to be. Um, I think we have to see a, a bit more riddles, uh, entering in from, from Ed Nigma.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and. Natalie's final point is, she says, I wonder if Butch will last long enough to get something more functional for that left-hand stump, and how badly will Penguin retaliate if Butch has indeed been turned? Oh,
0: absolutely really looking forward to the rest of this season. He needs a tin opener, I think, or a (laughs) corkscrew.
1: I did love love the idea of a tiny chainsaw, so he's like Ash from from Ash vs. Evil Dead, taking taking out the zombies coming from Indian Hill with his chainsaw and boomstick, maybe.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Be groovy. Ruby, indeed. I think that's all for the the feedback for um for this episode of of the podcast, yep. and I think that wraps up our thoughts and discussion on by fire. This episode six of Gotham, uh, again. Any feedback, please send it in at feedback at Gotham TV Podcast. And, of course, as always, we're here to remind you to subscribe and listen to us at GothamTVPodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Gotham TV Podcast in any other good podcast catcher such as Podcast Addict, Beyond Pod. Player FM, or indeed Stitcher, if you so will. Um, you can also uh, interact with us on our Facebook site um, and page. Just search again, Gotham TV Podcast and of course our Twitter handle at Gotham TV Podcast. Um, you're more than welcome to send in thoughts, comments, discussions on the show, on the podcast. Um, We'll be delighted to
1: hear from you. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, episode seven of season two of Gotham, Mommy's Little Monster. Interesting. I think this is going to be a very Penguin-centric
0: episode, possibly. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. I'm off to get some barbecue. Mm, Yeah. Toasted ribs um, sound fairly scrumptious. And so thank you so much for listening. Bye.
1: for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. And our final feast... Our final feast of feedback. (laughs) This has been a Flickering Myth Podcast Network production. For more information, head over to flickeringmyth.com for more shows like it. Find this show in iTunes by searching for the podcast name, and head over to youtube.com forward slash flickeringmyth to subscribe to the Flickering Myth movie show. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.